ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Welcome everyone to The Big Lie, and I'm so excited to share with you a very special guest. Today we have with us Colonel Deb, or Deb Lewis. Colonel Deb is a West Point graduate from its inaugural class with women. A retired Army Colonel and Harvard MBA, Deb commanded three U.S. Army Corps of Engineer Districts, including a 2.1 billion reconstruction program in combat. She survived the attack on the Pentagon on 9-11 while serving on the Joint Staff Anti-Terrorism Team. Colonel Deb led while under fire, and after a 34-year military career, today, as a mental toughness expert, she uses her proven strategies, insights, and tools to arm you with exactly what you need to handle stress, whether in good times or in bad. Welcome, Colonel Deb. So excited to have you on the show. Aloha, Joe. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to be with you today. And I think we're going to blow, you know, those pictures where you blow the minds of people. I think they're going to love what we're going to give them today. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. One thing that uh, I've, I've picked up about you in our sort of pre-call when uh, your, our, your friend uh, Marsha, a previous guest, introduced me to you and, and we had a getting to know you call is um, I got the sense that you are a very resilient kind of tough individual who's been through a lot, who can, who can come through a lot, but I didn't get the sense that you were like hardened by it, right? Like, like there wasn't like a hardness or an edge to you. You still seem almost dis- uh, in, in society's terms, almost deceptively tough. D- does that make any sense to you what I'm saying? It does. People underestimate what I've been through all the time. Yeah. I think that that's the people who are the true mental toughness experts. That's, the tr- that's true for them as well. 
people think that the happiest people are those who have had an easy life, but I would argue that it's the people who have been through the, to hell and back, really, and and come out with it, recognizing what's most important. So I really appreciate that insight because I think that people mistake happiness and joyfulness as a kind of Pollyannish thing. And it's absolutely not. It's a choice we can make every day. And it's an important one that hopefully your listeners are going to really get this time. So let's get to know you a little bit better. What makes you happy or what makes you sad? I'll start with the sad because I think that all my experiences have demonstrated that I'm actually what we call an empath. I mm -hmm. sense uh, sadness and when people aren't right with themselves, even though their face may be smiling, I can sense the energy. And I know there's a lot of people who do that. I didn't honor that early in my life, probably most of my military career. But what makes me sad is, is that... I can tell that people are in a lot of pain right now, that they're mm -hmm. struggling, that they've not been equipped for this, and they really want to be hopeful, but they're having a hard time just, just coping and getting through each day. And I think that that's okay. Struggle is good. Struggle's about to make thing, help you make things better. And what do I, makes me happy is when I can take someone, I just took someone this past week who had quit her job because it was a toxic environment mm -hmm. and two sessions around two and a half hours each one was by herself and I actually had her mom in the second session which mm. was awesome having a family member with them to go through the kind of things we're going to talk about mm -hmm. reinforces and this young lady she's in her 20s she at the beginning just couldn't move forward couldn't mm -hmm. get closure and and she went back and we had a strategy and she went back to talk to the individual, what I'll call the antagonist to her. Okay. And by explaining things to her, she communicated how she felt, why she felt the way she did. And then at the end of it, the person in, in responsible, I, I could have bet if I, I don't bet on things, but if I bet on that, I would say, I believe in him. I believe that he's going to apologize, but I want you to be prepared for him to go ballistic on you mm -hmm. because some people will do that sure. if you come in and you, and you share that. And she came back and I had also prepared her. I said, you know, if it goes the way you want, you're going to do a happy dance either way. You're <laughs> going to do a happy dance because you had the courage it takes courage to go back and to deal with an uncomfortable situation. And she went back and she wrote me, she says, I'm ready for my happy dance. Wow. <laughs> it was, awesome. and her letter was, if I'd had that knowledge when I was her age in her twenties, yeah. yeah. I keep thinking of how much more I could have gotten done instead of being stuck in the negative and, and believing the lies that I've been told about how you deal with it. And yeah. so she really understands and gave truth to who, what, who she is without blame. If yeah. you can do that, you know, that's one piece of what I talk about. And, and she felt really great about it afterwards, and, and rightly so. She, the letter was amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. And she read it to him so that she wow. kept on track of what she wanted and emphasized the points that she needed. So that makes me 
that makes me choke up because it, it's just when you see someone who's come from, you can just see it. She had a very happy look on her face when I first met her as if mm -hmm. I'm good, everything's okay. And within an hour, I usually get them to cry. People cry around me. And, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good slogan. Within an hour, I'll, be, I'll have you crying. <laughs> because if there's anything that is not right, we call it a word in Hawaiian, pono. If there's something that's not pono with you, uh -huh. it will come out in our discussion. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. for whatever reason, people really trust me in that. Yeah. And, and I try to make it comfortable. And then one of the things I talk about is tears are a source of strength. And in the military, I never understood that. It was after my military experience that I understood that, which is, again, another thing I wish I'd learned that earlier, don't you? I mean, it's like it would have changed a lot of things, but I wouldn't have had this great experience. So I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had because I wouldn't know it as much in practical application of how on a daily basis you can handle stress and you can you can bring joy to people's lives when you lift it's like lifting a burden when you can mm -hmm. lift a burden off of someone who's carrying that around and don't know how to deal with it it's life-changing well i love that story and um, one thing that really resonated uh with me about that colonel deb is i truly believe that like that kind of energy she had because of that like horrible toxic work environment that energy doesn't disappear, right? So that either goes into her and it goes inward and, and can make her some, you know, somewhat sick from that. Um, a lot or, of women, it goes inward. Yeah. A lot of women, it goes inward. Or she can project it, right? Like onto her next Anger. boss. Yeah, or her friends or family. Like that, so if you don't deal with it in a positive way, which which I believe is, is probably the process that you helped her through, then a lot of times that energy, it doesn't just disappear. It, it, it goes somewhere else and often also in a negative way. So it's so helpful to have someone help you. And I think the, the piece that you remind me of is that when he said what he did, mm -hmm. I mean, he could have said it with beautiful melody and not, mm -hmm. not having a clue. It was we call it the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, you know, you, you have a whole lot of things in your life on a particular issue and you have triggers in our life. And so those experiences can trigger you. What I would, what I frame as a disproportionate response. Mm -hmm. You, you want to quit. And, and when you're in a survival mode thinking or the other kind of thinking, that's exactly, we make really bad choices usually really bad choices. So I wish that if I trained her earlier, she mm. might have still quit. But what if she hadn't and she changed that whole environment in the workplace mm -hmm. and could stay there? So yeah. there's sometimes you close those doors once you make those choices in a survival mode thinking way. It's like, I'm done with you. People today are often done with, if a little thing happens, one person says a thing sideways, they want to attack them. It's yeah. not because of that person saying it, it's because they've got all this burden, this baggage that they're carrying around with them and then they're gonna whack them over the head if they step a little bit out of line and we say stupid things all the time. It's like, yeah. that's who we are. We're <laughs> if you look for me to be perfect, forget it. You know, I do my, I, all I can say is I do my best every day. And, and I've been in situations that something came out of my mouth and it was entirely not what I meant to say, but people took offense 
And I'm thinking, I'm clueless why they would take offense at that. It seems such an innocuous little statement. But people, because of those burden and that baggage they're carrying around with them, if you can just envision that, when they react so harshly to something, it's so much deeper. I don't need to get into all the reasons why. I just need them to recognize that they're carrying that around and maybe they don't have to. Maybe you can set that down from time to time Mm -hmm. and give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, excellent, excellent, love it. So let's uh, proceed to our launching point for the rest of our discussion. Um, It's a very action-oriented clip uh, and I will ask a favor of you since um, some of the action happens without dialogue, um, if you could sort of narrate Uh, for those parts for the audience. That would be great. So one second, I'll share my screen. This is in a combat. Do you need to talk about the beginning of it? Because the beginning of it is the Wonder Woman clip is they are in war. They're in a wartime scenario. Okay, here we go. They're in the trenches. This is a woman who lives nearby who's been displaced across no man's land. We have to stay on mission. The next safe crossing is at least a day away. We cannot leave without helping them. These people are dying. Nothing to eat yeah. and in the village enslaved, I, she said. I understand that. Women, we, we need children. to make our next position by How can you say that? What is the matter? This is no man's land, Diana. It means no man can cross it, all right? This battalion has been here for nearly a year, and they, they barely gained an inch. All right, because on the other side, there are a bunch of Germans pointing machine guns at every square inch of this place. This is not something you can cross. It's not possible. So what? So we do nothing? No, we do, we are doing something. We are. We just... We can't save everyone in this war. This is not what we came here to do. It's what I'm going to do. So now she's climbing the ladder to go out of the trenches. And she's heading into no man's land with just her shield and a couple of her weapons, her whip. And she's standing looking out and walking at this point where bombs are going all around her. And she can see the bullets coming flying at her and she's deflecting them with her amazing wrist shields. They're watching her wondering what the heck is she doing? They're trying to bring her back. The Germans are now getting together to fire at her and now they have a full-on assault toward her. She's running now faster toward the fire. And now they finally recognize that she's taking all the fire so that they can move in behind her. The Germans are increasing the assault. Getting very active now. She has to hold in place as they draw all the as she draws all the fire to them. 
are getting it and coming forward. It's her, still her small team, but they're now in line with her and starting to take out the Germans on the front line. Now they're throwing grenades in to stop some of the bigger guns from shooting at them. Now she's moving ahead to go to the line because they're now drawing some of the fire and now everybody's pouring out of the trenches to help her. All right, that is just action-packed and love the narration colonel deb <laughs> <laughs> been in wartime understand uh it's it's um yeah it's amazing we can talk about that but but the fact is is that all before you heard the dialogue that basically said never been done can't do it it's not worth trying she asks you know it's it's something so we're gonna do nothing and i feel i'm gonna get all choked up now because I feel that much of my life has been going against the odds. Unfortunately, I didn't have her kind of armor. I have it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, uh, I took a lot of blows. I took a lot of people naysaying, and I still sometimes have their voices in my head. You know, stop talking. Stop worrying about it. This isn't your lane. This isn't what you should do. But you can tell when people are suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you can make something change something in the dynamic to make it better why not do your best yes it's going to hurt it's going to be uncomfortable but it's worth trying and i have succeeded so many times in changing scenarios that people have told me you will never change that person you mm -hmm. will never change that scenario and every time i've done it just strengthened me and strengthened me because and it, i won't say it always happened but sometimes it won't happen that moment. Like I just had a success with the young lady I spoke about yeah. earlier. She met with someone who I finally, I said, I don't have enough time for this individual. He disparages everybody and it reflects on our organization. I will not be a part of that. I just right. can't be a part of that because it, it's not helpful. And apparently she was in a meeting where they warned her about this gentleman and said, he's kind of crazy, don't worry, stuff's gonna come out of his mouth. And at the end of the meeting, <laughs> the whole group of people ran over to her and said, I can't believe it, this is the best he's ever behaved. Because <laughs> she's like, I didn't see anything, I didn't hear anything, right? And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. yes, success. It's like <laughs> the stone cutter with the hammer, you, you, you just have to keep hammering and maybe it'll break, but you, you, you can't give up. And that was a reminder because I pretty much had written him off because he told me, he said, other people have told me the same thing. And I'm thinking, okay, so you're not going to listen. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. And apparently under certain conditions, he can do it. And that's what, that's what I call leverage. You have to find the right conditions to have that kind of leverage. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about um, a specific um, piece of how you help people and, and an insight that you have. Um, it's today's big lie. And that lie is, I deserve an apology. So um, talk to us a little bit, Colonel Deb, about your understanding of how that's a lie, why that's a lie, and, and, why, we, and why you picked the Wonder Woman video to sort of illustrate some of those points. 
there's a battle cry right now about I deserve an apology. It's always been there that people have a mindset that if something happened that shouldn't have, then we need an apology. I need an apology. I need them to accept that it's wrong and, and that's somehow going to make it better. Mm. And I would tell you, I have never experienced that to be true. Ever, ever, ever. It's kind of like where you have the Wonder Woman scene where she now has to apologize to the character that Chris Pine is, you mm -hmm. know, that, that she has to apologize because didn't, she didn't listen to him. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> and the same way, is he going to apologize to her because he kept trying to discourage her? You could see he meant the best for her. Mm -hmm. He didn't want her to get hurt. And he said, and the idea is out there that there's just some things you're never going to change. And that's another lie. But, but here, the apology piece of it is so important because this gets personal. Mm. That is so personal. And, then, and if you took, look, take apart that phrase, I deserve an apology, would you call that a positive or a negative statement? It's more negative. Exactly, because it's entitled. It's implied that there's something, or even specific, that there's something bad happened, that I deserve that apology. So from the get-go, it's negative, mm. okay? It's a lie that negativity truly works for the long term. Negativity may get you what I call, men never mistake motion for action. Um, it gives you action, but it doesn't give you motion that's in a positive, sustainable way. You have to aspire people to do that. The other way is take a look at that statement. Is that looking forward or is it looking rearward? Definitely back about what happened. It's, it's exactly. not about what can happen in the future. There are a million reasons you can turn backward. And I know of one good reason to focus forward. I will not change the past, but I ha I, when I work forward, I'm looking at, I may not want that to happen again in the future. What piece of the past do I need to pull forward to just make sure it doesn't happen again? But I want to focus on what I want, not what I'm not getting. Mm. And that's the forward momentum you get from just focusing forward, Doug Krug wrote about it. He's a K-R-U-G. He wrote about it in his book, Enlightened Leadership, very early book. And the, the energy that it changes by fo change in focusing rearward, which is a lot of our activity, as opposed to focusing forward, just a micro change in focusing forward instead of rearward will help you achieve all that you need to achieve because it just multi it's a multiplier effect. And you know, so the third, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll go ahead. Well, the third one is when you say I deserve an apology, you can go back to Dale Carnegie and his research over 100 years ago talking about what do people believe. And his, in his book, which has lasted you know, to today as a very popular book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. His first chapter, do you remember what that is? Have you read that book? Yeah, I've read it, but I don't remember. What's the first okay. chapter? It's the only one I remember, okay? It's the <laughs> only one I remember. But it's, if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. Now, I'd like him to say <laughs> not use don't, because right. <laughs> don't is a negative word, and, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But it's about people do not see that they're doing anything wrong. People do not believe that they're bad people. And he, they interviewed horrible criminals who had mm -hmm. killed people point blank 
had all the evidence. So the mm -hmm. fact was, is that that's what, that's what was the fact. And, mm -hmm. and they still, when he interviewed him, he said, what would you like people to know? Oh, I'm really a kind person. I'm a kind person and, and I misunderstood. I mean, yeah. most people feel that way. So yeah. if you're going to say there's something bad happened, I'm going to look backward and until you fix it, I'm not going to move forward. They're not going to believe you anyway. And you're going to cause more problems than you're solving because now you're attacking them personally. Mm. So all of those come to a statement that I, that I really want to challenge your audience and all of us to think about, is it more important to be right or make things better? Yeah. Because absolutely. making things better is not ignoring the facts, but it's recognizing that the facts like what Dale Carnegie understood is that if you try to blame people, go negative with them, you're going to dredge up, I believe, all those triggers and garbage and burden that you've carried your whole life. I do not have time for that. I do not have time to fix an opening that is in blame. But if I'm focused on making things better, I'm looking ahead. I'm looking to what will change that dynamic. And some people say it takes years to do it. I've done it, as I just described, with one young lady really coaching intensely to do it. But I have changed people in very short amount of times that maybe had 12 years of adverse behaviors and things where they hated each other, couldn't work together, mm. and they figured out how to work together. And anybody would have bet against me in succeeding in that. And they told me, even Doug Krug was there when I'm one of those. He told me, well, sometimes my work doesn't, you know, it doesn't always work. And I told him, I said, you can't tell me that. <laughs> it, it has to work. This is too important for it to work. So those, that's one way to cut that, that I deserve an apology. I have another three ways to do it, um, to break it down even further. But that's what I do. I try to give you, imagine if you may, um, my, my colleague Alexi gave me this example, and I think it's a beautiful example of it. He was fishing one day, uh -huh. and somebody next to him, I'm usually that person though, somebody next to him kept catching all the fish, and he wasn't catching any fish. And he kept watching and getting more and more irritated because the other person <laughs> kept putting the line in. And <laughs> finally, he says, okay, man, what is your secret? And he, and he turned and looked at him. He took off his glasses and he handed them to him. And Alexi put the glasses on and you know what they were? Oh, you can see into Polaroid. the... Yeah, polarized. Polaroid so glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you could... The glare. I'm telling you, the glare around the world today is intense. Uh -huh. You cannot... It's, it's forcing you not to see below the surface. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that I'm giving you a new set of lens that allow you to look deeper under the same situation. And of course, what did he see? Next to that guy, all the fish were swimming there. And so he moved his position, right, to go get more fish. And, and so that's, anyway, that, that's something. And then when we're ready, I'll break down just one of those. I'll break down the focus forward one. Yeah, so um, something that really resonates with me about what you're saying, Colonel Deb, is, um, it's very, very difficult for many people, and I include myself in this cohort, 
sometimes you know the right thing to do, right? You know you shouldn't insist on being right. You know you should just move past, move to something else, um, be gracious, whatever, right? But we get stuck, right? We get stuck on this insane, obsessive need just to be right and, and, and for the other person to say they were wrong. And it's exactly how you describe. It is exactly the wrong thing to do. But you know, and I know, that a lot of people operate under that mode and, and not how you were coaching that you know, young lady to, to move forward. I'm interested to get your perspective, like what, what is that and, and, and how can we sort of be better with that, right? Because I truly believe in what you're saying that, you know, that this obsession with being right over being effective, like that is just leads you nowhere good. Yes, and people do know as they're stepping into it and, and my dad's like that. I think there's a large percentage, for example, I found, I've discovered, I'd say at least a third, maybe it's two third, that if I said something, especially if you know each other really well, mm -hmm. I say something that's not 100% correct, the other person wants to correct you. Like my dad will say, no, I have a no. My <laughs> husband actually, when I met him, would say no a lot. But Again, they don't recognize that it's come. It kind of comes out like Tourette syndrome. It kind of pops out of your mouth before you have a chance. That's that thing where you just know it. You realize it, or in the in the action of doing it, that it's coming out and it's wrong. So that is a habit. <laughs> that is a habit. And the idea is, what can you replace it with? Because it's mm. it's not going to go away on its own. And I think that in in one way, for example, short answer is. I can come up with a better word. I can come up with a word like this one, which you can see is instead of saying no, what if you said may maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, right? Doesn't matter, man or woman, you say maybe. I have, I, so I gave my husband, he has a maybe button. He found it on the internet. So he has a maybe <laughs> button and that he pushes that a lot because he wants to say no, but he, but he understands to say maybe. Now my father who's 94, He's always setting off fireworks by doing the exact same thing that you're talking about with my mother. They've been married since 1952. You do the math. And, and uh, she'll say something about, well, we went to the grocery store yesterday. And he'll go, no, that's not right. We went the day before. And again, that's a very simple answer. It's like, really, dad? And of course, it's just like lighting a fuse. Yeah. No, you're lighting the fuse in that other person. But there's a lot of habits that we have and some basically from our beginning of time are survival instincts. We, mm -hmm. we combine that competitiveness and needing to assert yourself. That's, but we are human beings. We have wisdom. I have a helmet over here to protect your wisdom. You want to always come from a place of wisdom. And so just pausing in those incidents when you, when you want to say something, counting to three, <laughs> doing anything other than saying what you just said is oftentimes better than the alternative because then you might couch it and then you might have a chance to do what I'm about to say is when you focus forward, why it's important that comment, I deserve an apology is focusing rearward. Mm -hmm. You want to focus forward on what is it that you want because many people have goals. Like you say, I want to have a loving relationship or I want to have friends well, if you want to have friends, why would you 
open up with criticism every time because a negative comment is criticism. And if you don't have a goal like that, maybe you know how you want to feel. Because if I'm with somebody and I say something mean to them, guess what happens to that energy? Now, I may have carried that baggage in with me. Mm-hmm. And now I've shared it just like COVID. It's not a pretty picture when you don't focus on what it is that you want. And I go back to then if you paused, even for a fraction of a second, you might say, I have a better choice to make. And so my, my thought is what I found successful is you get rid of the negative. In, mm. in, and it's, it is hugely difficult right now. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is take apart any discussion that's happening. How many times they use don't, can't, won't, never, shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't. You know, all of those words are like, putting and littering. It's littering Mm. our lives. Mm. And if you don't take out that kind of trash, Mm. then you are going to have to live with the consequences as it piles up. Because the mind, interestingly enough, I study neuroscience in so many ways. Did you realize the mind will not recognize those words in general, especially in a Mm. crisis mode? Mm. Um, If you say don't, you try it on a child, mm-hmm. what does the child want to do? The exact I, opposite. Exactly. I say, <laughs> Joe, you want to do a podcast series? Well, that's crazy. That's a whole nother comment. That's what I call a termite comment. I'm not yelling at you, but I'm putting you down. And, and it's going to dig at you, right? Uh, and, and I know that you're going to want to prove me wrong. You're right. going to get a, you know, I just gave you the trigger to empower you. So if you do want the opposite reaction of people to be distracted and not focus on what you're trying to accomplish, go ahead and use those negative words because that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that part. And then I think at the root, of, at the very root that I, I wish that people would consider is that probably, well, in my experience, the most important thing about a relationship is trust. Mm-hmm. Now, in trusting you, if you had screamed and yelled at me in our first meeting, <laughs> right? Yep. I would say, I have a choice. I yep. don't have to do this. Uh, it, whatever good intent he has, I'm not going to necessarily be around it. But what, what I've learned is that when you go negative, you break the trust. Uh, Anytime you've gone negative, you've broken trust. Yeah. And you've shaken the foundation of that relationship. If you don't have much of a relationship, then it's not going, never going to form because sometimes you, you can overcome that from a first meeting. Other to- I have a, an example where we overcame it, but most of the time you're not going to overcome that breaking of trust by going negative. So again, I deserve an apology, Joe. Or I'm going to tell somebody, I deserve an apology from Joe. Mm -hmm. What does that do to the other person? We know mirror neurons, they don't have to be there. They can sense that feeling of angst that I have, Mm -hmm. especially us empaths. And you just feel like you have been dumped on Mm -hmm. with that, you know, like someone's taken a bag of gooey garbage and just dumped on you because they say it. So circulating, and I'm sorry, it's going to upset a lot of people in your, it's going to upset a lot of people, this being the big lie, Mm -hmm. but it's true. Mm -hmm. If you have generations of hurt Mm -hmm. or generations of pain, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You need to get a grip on whether or not you care more about making things better or being right. Yeah. My parent, my dad's Jewish. What do you think happened to the Jewish people? What do you think happened to women? I got a taste of it. I didn't get, there were people, someone was raped, but I, I was in an environment that I was not only physically threatened in wartime, definitely people were trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, they say 70%, this was pre COVID have been traumatized. Yeah. No one has a corner on the market, sadly, on being traumatized. Yeah. And the idea is, I deserve an apology is, it's nice if someone gives it, like the young lady I talked about, the man gave it to her freely. If you give it freely, it's a different, if it's a different thing. But if you say I deserve it, you have just tainted it with blackness that you probably can't overcome the framing of it to get what you want. And, and people, because it's not forthcoming, what do they do? They get angry. They mm -hmm. get angry and then angrier. And then the person who's trying to be shamed into giving the apology is now beside themselves. And even if they suddenly give in because the other person has made it so horrible, they'll say it, but they feel awful that now they're carrying the burden. And how are they going to get rid of it? Have they been trained in the things that I've been trained in? I don't think so. They're going to carry it. And it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Someone else is going to trigger them. And the cycle perpetuates. You, you carry on that horrible, horrible history of terrible things happen. You've now magnified it and perpetuated it. And you're not resolved it. Whereas we talk about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Genuine forgiveness, we have to forgive ourselves first. Mm. Whatever happened that didn't was something we didn't want, it wasn't by intent. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that. It wasn't, even when they say, Joe, I'm going to blah, 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 deep down, it was not by intent. It was mm -hmm. a reaction, not mm -hmm. a response, but a reaction in that survival mode or emotional thinking where, I need to be right. I'm right. This is the fact. And you really stop caring about what's going to make things better for our children, our children's children. What example are you setting? Yeah. Well, one thing I really um, feel is you're sharing these sort of principles, uh, which I think are amazing, is a lot of it's about the flow of where the energy is going. Right. Because what you describe is, you know, when you feel you deserve something, you kind of get stuck in that place and, and you can't move forward. And then the other thing, which is the flip side, and would love to get your perspective on this, is if I move forward. Right. If I if I get rid of that sick, twisted need to be right and, and, and get an apology and I move forward, it kind of almost is besides the point whether the, whether the other person is on board. You know, because I'm moving forward. And if they want to stay stuck where they are, hey, yes, that's your prerogative. Because I was stuck until I decided to move forward. But that's not the point, right? Like, like the point is not to be right and for them to move forward when you want to move forward. The point is for you to kind of live your best life and, and leave that kind of that bad baggage behind. Does that make sense? Yes. When you do have control, who do you have control over? Yourself. That's it. Exactly. And for another person, for whose reason will they change? Will they change because you told them? 
I, unless I've developed some mind control techniques. <laughs> exactly. No way. <laughs> but whose reason will they change? They're going to change for their own reason. Yeah. And so I love gamers in that I believe that every problem we have in the world, if you teed it up to a gamer, it would be resolved. And they're doing that with even medical hmm. problems today. But the idea is, is if you look at it, and I'm not take, making light of it, some horrible mm -hmm. things happen. But mm -hmm. the idea is, is how do you move forward? How do you make things better? And that I'm the one planting the seeds, like the gentleman I talked about who I had thrown my best at him. I'd been patient. Every time he wrote a stinging email, I would, I would address it in a positive, productive way. And I knew it was just a matter of time. When you have people who are that toxic, it's just a matter of time they're going to aim it at you. Mm -hmm. So as I've shared with you, I have a shield as my symbol for mentally mm -hmm. tough women. And that is knowing that garbage and, and zingers are coming your way, whether you like it or not, whether it's directed at you, or it just happens to be flying by because someone's not in a good place. You have to have skills to be aware that it's happening and you have to protect yourself. And when you can move forward and feel good about it, for example, a um, divorce, I've been divorced before. There are many exes who blame their exes for everything horrible in their life that happened. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, you can do that. You could be right. It was horrible. But if you want to make things better, take it as a blessing. One, you're not married to them anymore. Mm -hmm. Yay. <laughs> you're not, you don't have to. You're still connected. We're all connected. Mm -hmm. and, but you come from more place of strength. Mm -hmm. These reminders, you choose what to be. Why is it that people can have the exact same experience and come out entirely different experiences afterwards mm -hmm. and what they do next? It's because of how do you look at that same situation? And I think moving forward, as you described, is so empowering to yourself when you get that, yes, you own the power. Mm -hmm. You own the power. And when people were screaming and spitting at me mm -hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't say anything, my mind wasn't the best. Like one guy who was like two inches from my face, plebe year, summer, horrible time. He's mm. spitting at me and yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs. And the worst comment I had in my head was, man, does he have horrible breath. No wonder, no wonder he can't get a date. <laughs> you know, and then I would do the worst thing. I would smirk. You know what a uh -huh. smirk is? That's yeah, a little yeah. smile. When someone's yelling at you and they want you to be serious because yeah. that's what happens. What people who want a serious subject to talk about, they have to know the only way you're going to solve it is everybody enjoys being together talking about it, not yeah. ripping them apart with the pain you've experienced time and time again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Colonel Deb, curious to get your perspective. Um, I know you do a lot of uh, work with uh, women specifically uh, on mental toughness, not that you don't work with men as well, um, but just curious to get your perspective with, with all the life experience you know, you've had being put through the ringer, being in danger. Um, what are some sort of specific things that you've picked up that are maybe um, more prevalent, right? Like for for women's responses or women's situations that that you maybe work uh, with people on? Well, I tell you, it's one that I want to work on because women often have a low self-esteem 
because they've been for whatever body image, you, you mm. name it. And so the one thing I want to n- let all the women know, and I convey to them early on, which kind of makes them cry, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a piece of why they cry, mm-hmm. is that I believe in them. I think that the women in your audience oftentimes have low self-esteem or, or maybe even denial, but things trigger them to do that. And I think that I love to convey to them how amazing that they are, how powerful they are, how courageous they are, and, and get in touch with the true them with their energies. Because it's not about what you have to do, it's about all you can be. I mean, the army even had that, be all you can be. But it's really about being all you can in this wonderful world. Life is a miracle. And, and I get very sad when people lose that, lose that mm. sense that, that the possibilities are out there. But it's a lot like a buried treasure. Okay, if you think of life, the buried treasure is going to take work. It's buried 10 feet down under the most nasty, vile, smelling stuff. But it's there. And when you find it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And, but you do have to work hard at it because we have to overcome these obstacles that have been thrown in our path. But as you see, when you focus on the positive of what's ahead of you, those obstacles fall away. You'll figure out how to, how to get through that, the difficult times. Because just like a storm, any one situation that's just the worst, I just met a woman who 11 years ago was in a, a relationship where she thought she was going to die over and over again, wow. right? And, and to meet with her today, you would never have that idea. So I've met and known people who have faced horrible situations and odds, and yet they come out of it with such hope, such joy of life, such gratitude. I mean, we have a lot to be grateful for. I'm grateful for being with you today. I mean, just talking about this issue, I think that when they see I deserve an apology is a lie, they're going to be, some people get self-righteous. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be right. I want to, what do you mean? There's no situation that this thing that happened to me, I deserve an apology. And it's like, keep doing that, what I call interception strategy. <laughs> You're going to get the movement. One of the things that uh, uh, that I'm getting from what you're saying, Colonel Deb, is this real importance in kind of forgiving yourself, valuing yourself, you know, kind of like the whole Fred Rogers, you know, I like you just the way you are. Like, if we can't do that, it becomes very difficult to do all the other things you're talking about. It really kind of starts with some of that um, inner work, so to speak. It has to be through all levels of communication with yourself and others. I have seven ways that we communicate and and you're familiar with them. It's what you see. It's what you say. It's what you hear. It's what you think. It's what you feel. It's what you do. It's your energy. Those ways, if any one of them, that's that Pono word, if you're not right with yourself in the environment in Hawaiian, one of those ways is off, it's going to disrupt everything. Some people are good at smiling under harsh conditions. I'm okay. I'm really okay. You know, and Mm -hmm. it's like, you're no, no, you're not. (laughs) Um, And I think that until we can cut through these layers and get at feedback which is going to help you see like a mirror not coloring it just giving it to you straight 
once you realize it, then it's a matter of working hard at it. It's, it's going after what it is that you want to pursue and believing that you're worthy enough to get it. I know that many of us have the money issue thing, being paid for what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. But I think that each of us has such a value to provide and we need to, to do that to help each other. I can't do it myself. Mm-hmm. I need insights. Your insights are powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll play this over and over because I, some of us channel our thoughts and what's right for that situation. And then I can go back and say, yeah, Joe, I got a model of three things that'll tell you, boom, boom, boom. You think of these three things when you're doing that situation, chances are you're going to work through it. Yeah, I, I, I find the same thing. I often say this to people if I'm coaching them, like I learn as much from you as, as you may think that you learn yeah. from me. Well, I have learned so much from you today, Colonel Deb, and I'm going to ask you um, one final insight or question. Um, now that folks have heard and, and you've kind of debunked um, the big lie about, you know, you deserving an apology, what is a specific concrete step that people in the audience can take today to take advantage of that new knowledge? I think that you want to focus forward on what you want, be undeterred by all the distractors, and give your best. Mm. If you constantly are doing that and say, hey, you know what, I didn't, I fell short today, but I gave my best, and I'm going to go back at it tomorrow, and some things take years to, to, to see meaningful progress and getting it in a shorter amount of time. It's going to take the time it takes. People are so impatient today. But if mm-hmm. you keep focusing forward on what it is that you want and you give your best at all phases of that effort and not be discouraged, not talk yourself out of it, doing those things, then you will succeed at anything that you want to accomplish. And usually it may not be what you thought you wanted because (laughs) you don't have enough information at the beginning to know what's possible. That's what I like, that what's possible, you have a knowledge base today, but you may find that something even better is going to happen. Like I, I went through divorce. I'm married to my husband now 21 years. And wow. it seems like yesterday <laughs> that we got together. But we have learned and we, it's not that life hasn't been easy. He rode a bicycle 18,000 miles and I drove the RV 26,000 miles so we could support our military and veterans. Some people come up and they say, and you're still married? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Could you actually have a relationship? If you do that one thing I said, you can have a relationship where you never have to argue with each other. Yeah. You never have to go negative with those you care most about. Yeah. And you can be frustrated, but you never have to go negative with them. That is such a place of safety and comfort that you can be so much more creative than you ever thought possible. And I love it. So the final piece is, I'm challenging them, is it, I asked the earlier question, is it more important to be right or make things better? I challenge you with every day, every moment, it's better to make things better. Mm. Find that and do it every day. With, with, and if you focus, if you do that strategy, focus forward on what you want every time giving your best, it's going to happen. And you're going to be smiling more. You're going to love the people you're with because everyone has, we're perfectly imperfect for each other. 
And, and so therefore, it's cute when people do things. You're going to say, I bet they're going to do that. Oh, yeah, they did it. Aha, uh-huh, I saw it. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of like my dad, she said it a 100 times, you know, and he's working himself out of it. He's 94. I still have hope. <laughs> You know, but love I it. think that loving each other, coming from a place of love, is the is really beneath it all. Loving life, loving others, and it'll come back to you a hundredfold. Amazing, amazing. So, Colonel Deb, um, if our audience wants to learn more about what you're doing, um, you know, perhaps work with you, just find out more about what you support. Um, how, how can they do that? How, how can they learn more? Please go to our website. Well, they can link with me on LinkedIn, Deb Lewis Hawaii, because I live in Hawaii. But I really would love them to come to the website, mentallytoughwomen.com. And if they put the forward slash Deb at the end of it, I will send them the links to my free courses, which will teach them the basics of where we usually fall short is under extreme stress. If you do these things, you're going to be able to handle far more than you can handle today and be prepared. And the second one are the stress basics, which we talked a little bit about, some of the 10 10 lessons that are in there that will create that foundation for you to move forward. And it's all free. I want you to share, if they share it widely and share it with people as they go through it, it will create those wonderful habits and help you stop you. Like my husband, I can go negative. I don't want to, but I can. <laughs> uh, but I want, I need people like you and others around. So I hope that they'll go check it out, mentallytoughwomen.com. And by doing that, we will lead not with bullying, but with grace and compassion and help people get through the real problems that we have today, the serious things that we have today. Well, thank you, Colonel Deb, for sharing your big lie with us. I can't wait to see what happens next. Me too, Joe. Thank you so much for our time together. What a blessing. Thank you, my dear. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, We explore how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma and Unlock Your Executive Presence, these three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.